0: My girl. Constance Hall. One of the most talked about bloggers in the country. I look up! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens. By queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girl!
1: And Annalise and I are lucky enough to have one of our favourite guests with us, somebody who always creates a lot of motion when we have her on the show, the very intelligent psychotherapist Katie Eden Todd. Hello, queens. Hello, gorgeous. Hi, lovely. So nice to have you back, Katie. Thank you. I love being here. What we wanted to get you on the show for was for our very last Queen Vice, we wanted just a bit of inspiration and a bit of, a bit of uplifting and to give the Queens a little bit of a backstory. Really recently, my company, my business was having a little bit of a slump and I was a little bit unsure of where we were going. And then I had breakfast with Katie, who is my personal guru, mm-hmm. and I was telling her all about it and she was explaining to me that We're in the time of the the feminine. We need everything that you do needs to be done with heart and soul and anything that you do that isn't done with heart and soul isn't going to succeed. And can I tell you guys everything in my life turned around after that breakfast. It was just, uh, it did, Katie. I went, that's it, I'm taking control of everything and everything I do is going to be run with heart and it's going to be run with intention and it's going to be run with wanting to change the world around me. And, yeah, I've had a really amazing couple of months after that. So I'm so honoured to have you on the show to share some of your advice to our queens on how they too can turn things around if, if they're not
2: quite working for them. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Thanks, Con. Well, can we just do a little bit of context for this? We've had 2,000 years of the masculine being in charge. And the masculine is not just men, but often it is, of course, but it's when we've all got a feminine and a masculine aspect within us and you've got one that's stronger than the other. But for 2,000 years, the feminine aspect in women and men has been crushed. It's been oppressed. It's been vilified. It's been totally destroyed but now we're having this resurgence and we saw it last week with the kids when they came out on mass mm. and we were protesting climate change. The yep. difference with the feminine is the masculine's very, very about building money, status, attention, power and maintaining control. It's like a line. Think of it as a line going up and you try and get up the greasy pole and, and that's what it's all about. So money and the economics have been the total focus for our world. That's what you were supposed to fit into and conform to for thousands of years very strongly in our time. But now since the 1960s, but particularly since Wi-Fi, there's been a massive shift. And there's a lot of kids being born through it now. These young ones coming through, they can't conform to that way of living. They they are saying, why aren't we dealing with homelessness? How can we leave the refugees like that? Why aren't we looking after the planet? And you see all these videos on Facebook and these kids have come in with a very strong feminine consciousness. Now, and that's about nurturing. It's about caring for everyone. It's about saying, we don't win unless everyone wins. It's not a win-loss system. It's about love and compassion and it's about ecology. It's like environment first and relationships first. It's heart and soul. It's not mind and body, which can be a bit ego stuff. And so we've mm-hmm. got in all spheres of life, people are coming out and saying, things are so bad, we've actually got to step up and do something, which is really, really exciting. And there's a change and there's a big shift in consciousness in Australia at the moment, Been really rapid in just the last couple of months, which I'm just thrilled to see. And I just want to say one more thing. The feminine isn't just necessarily sweet and nice and mild. The feminine feminine is also someone who says boundaries and can have rage and says this is not okay, and that's the Me Too movement. and never again the gun control movement that the young kids are doing, Parkland students in Florida. People standing up and saying, we will not tolerate this anymore. It has to be equal. It has to be about love. It has to be about compassion first. And okay. we will so stand up to it So
1: feminine can also be powerful. strong and powerful. Yeah, I
2: love yeah. that. That's goddess energy. See, the matriarch is goddess energy. So we're here to birth and a lot of these young kids are very switched on and they want to birth and we're not saying to kids, oh, you can't do that, you're not old enough. We say, yes, you can do it. Go out and you're allowed to protest and you're allowed to have their signs were fantastic. Um, They're aware and because of the internet, because we're in this totally different age now, kids can be very, very well informed and you can't have just a few of the old way of thinking telling you this is how the world is. We actually can get all the information we need. We know what's going on. And so a lot of people are feeling like we've got to come together. We've got to have a longer table where we feed everyone. We start having community. We start belonging. We start connecting people with each other. You start dealing with loneliness, anxiety, depression, addiction, which is all soul sickness, where your soul is lost, where you haven't got meaning and purpose. And everyone's got a purpose. Every one of your listeners has got something in them that's just really, really unique and special to them.
1: Yes, Queen. And,
2: mm-hmm. and we feel a little bit of a knock and it's it's our intuition that comes in and we go, oh, that'd be great. We get excited and then we get terrified and we shut down again. But those little knocks that you get, that's what you're here for. Oh.
3: I just had tingles and goosebumps
2: <laughs> all over. What a over. time to
1: be alive. It's the best it, time. It really is. And I love the um, the equality that you're talking about, the balance, that yep. it's time for men to be able to shine in their
2: feminine as well. Exactly. And that's the new masculine. So we've got the great mother and the new father energy where the masculine comes in honouring the feminine, honouring the power of the feminine and of love and that that's what matters most importantly and it's about relationships first. And you can't say, I choose relationships and money first. You actually have to make a choice. And the child in us will go for security and money and the adult in us will go, actually, it's about integrity, it's about being moral and ethical and it's about looking after everyone. So we're moving towards community again. We're moving towards village again. And you can see it. And Con, your and Annalise, your work is amazing because you're literally trying and at the forefront of bringing people together so that they come together and feel connected and belonging. And that's how we heal.
1: So Katie, can I ask you, is there a spirit Real reason behind all of this, or is it just happening? Yes. Like, is there? Do you believe that there is some sort of divine wisdom
2: that's pulling absolutely. it all together? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, I call it the bird age in my persona language, but it's really evident that it's coming. Anything that we seek to repress in ourselves eventually comes out. I don't know if you've tried to behave and not let out the oh, yeah. right side. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't so me on a Friday night after a bottle of wine, Kate. Oh, my God. I can't wait. <laughs> it eventually wait. comes out. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see it. But we are anything that you're oppressing yourself, good or bad, light or shadow, is going to come out. Now, we've repressed the feminine as a as a whole continent, you know, whole world for 2,000 years. It eventually had to come back. And actually what we're seeing, which I'm very excited about, is the death of capitalism. There's a radical statement, but we're actually seeing that that may For the top end of town and the 1%, the disparity between Mm -hmm. rich and poor has never been greater. And because they've made it so bad, every this is a revolution because every empire has been brought down by the masses when the injustice is so great, they have Mm. to stand up. And you can see it all around the world. You see it in France at the moment, in the protests. You can see it everywhere. They've wiped out the middle classes, but actually that's they've sown the seeds for their own destruction. And the climate can't wait. Yeah, there's a massive power shift and people are literally waking up. Their consciousness has had a shift, even in the last few months in Australia, like their attitude to refugees and what's happening. You know, that was not... A popular cause until recently, and now in the parliament, when you've got independents come in, watch out for game changers and wild cards of people you didn't expect to lead. Watch out because they're coming to lead, and it's very exciting. Jacinda Ardern is a classic example. Oh, stop it! Kind of mention her name
1: without giving me goosebumps. Oh, she's She's the most. She said,
2: "Lead with compassion and empathy takes courage." She says, and that's the way to go. And so, businesses, schools, governments, anyone who doesn't get on the honouring of the feminine and get all the women into parliament and you have cabinets, you have quotas in companies, those people who honour that are going to do really well but the old formula where you did it the old patriarchal way, they're going to find that things that used to work don't work anymore and they're going to collapse because we've actually had a massive shift. It started in the 1960s but it's had a quickening since the 2000s and this particular place we're in now, we're in a raven decade which is all about exposing like Harvey Weinstein and Hollywood and all of that, we're in a time of exposure exposing what's unjust and what needs to have um, be healed at this time. And it's the sacred feminine and it's powerful. It's awesome. It's not sweet and nice and have a cup of tea. It's <laughs> got rage. It's got passion. It's like, get out of my way. No yes. more. Yes.
1: Yes, so true. Katie,
3: we are so thrilled that we could finish our show with that message. It is the matriarchy's coming. And it's here. It's thank already you, here. Thank you <laughs> so yeah. much for, for sharing that with thank us. You. What so a beautiful much, message to
2: end on. And thanks so much for having
1: us. Thanks for lending us all that intellect throughout the year. You've given us so many light bulb moments. We really love you.
2: Oh, thank you. I love you too. It's been
1: wonderful
0: to be with you both.
1: Thanks, Katie. Bye. Bye.
0: This is the Queen Sesh.
1: And last weekend, or is it two weekends ago now? Ah, a while ago. I was in Byron Bay, and two of my favourite things came together. Annalise mm-hmm. and the charity that I work with, Rafiki Mwema, which is a charity that looks after sexually abused children in Kenya. And we all came together because Annalise works with us too and we put on a big charity, a big a foundation, fundraiser I mean. And so while I was there... I had the brainwave that we should all get matching tattoos because I do that every time I've had a drink. I'm like, (laughs) matching tattoos, (laughs) y'all. And everyone's like, no, because I've got 500,000 tattoos. It doesn't matter to me. So that set
3: the scene. So Constance Hall is a walking (laughs) tattoo. Annalise Dent never had a tattoo. No,
1: she's a walking blow dry. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> I wish.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I went to the tattoo shop with Annalise. You know what? You know how you've always got that one dramatic friend? Oh. I know it was her first tattoo, I get that. Like it's fine. Oh, dramatic's like- a strong word. I- me and my husband are just covered in ink, so we just didn't care. We didn't even ask each other or yeah. consult, or like check in with each other about our tattoos. So then, when Annalise is fluttering around the tattoo, <laughs> she'll go, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm the worst person because I just refuse to engage in her. No, you're so cold. I was really cold, but she um, got branded. I did. I got ink. As you they say
3: in the biz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a very
3: chic, discreet little tattoo on the above section of my shoulder blade.
1: Yeah, and under what my about was your parents' reaction? Um,
3: parents are okay. I, when I, I sent a text to my husband, I said, I might be texting you from the tattoo parlour. And he said... Um, he would have he said, been
1: stoked that you were with me. I probably thought you were going to come back with some skull and crossbones. <laughs> and I sent
3: him a photo of, of the tattoo and where it was and his response was, oh, good, I'm glad that you uh, actually got it somewhere that's not affected by weight loss and gain.
1: <laughs> He's the weirdest man on earth. That's the weirdest reaction to his wife's first tattoo.
3: Like, if you I had it on my bum, that much. like, if I had it on my bum, like,
1: he's worried that it would get huge as oh I God. get Oh, my God, what is wrong with him? It's the tiniest tattoo. It looks like it's written in pen. Oh, please. It's very large, you know, ink. I've, I've got ink. Um, can I just say a massive shout-out to Millie? From the tattoo parlor in Lennox Head, what was the tattoo parlor called?
3: Yeah, name escapes me. I just I remember it was very cool, very funky. Everyone was really cool, and I walked in the door because it was before the Camilla event. Croft. Oh, there you go.
1: So a massive shout out to Millie from Camilla Croft who donated all the fun, all the proceeds from all of the Rafiki tattoos. They were all just little writing with a little love heart, Rafiki Mwema, and beautiful Aaron who is our photographer who does everything for nothing. Do you know
3: what I thought was the funniest thing? Con was like. Everyone looked really cool in there. Like everyone in the shop was cool. Yeah, and I couldn't help you. but notice <laughs> I walked in, I had a Camilla gown on, huge flower crown, and I looked like I was on my way to the races.
1: Yeah, you looked, you actually brought my street cred down Yeah. because I went in there looking cool with my cool-looking husband and my chic yeah. baby, and then you flittering around, swanning about, <laughs> having a panic attack. I was like, <laughs> and I was trying to make, I wanted Millie to think I was cool, I so I was all like, yeah, hey, girl, what up? And <laughs> <I'm> you were like, <laughs> like oh! And I was like, I'm not even with her. Like,
0: she's copying me. She's a fan. She's followed me from the airport. This is the Queen Sesh. Con, I've been
3: just feeling a little bit deflated this week by my feed. You know, my news feed, Facey, the news articles.
1: I'm... What, which ones in particular? Give me, Give me solid examples.
3: Okay. I feel like... There is just so much focus in the media at the moment about women and catfighting and feuds. So there's three that come to mind. So you've okay. got the Duchesses, mm-hmm. you know, my best life, my best royal life. So you've got Kate and Megs. There's all these okay. rumours and everyone's saying, oh, you know, there's there's infighting and Meghan made Kate cry before the wedding at a flower girl fitting. And I find myself—I have been clicking on these articles, which i getting
1: sucked into the vortex.
3: Yes, I'm giving them clicks. Yeah, the other you're one here. was um, Samantha. I didn't even know that that was happening. Oh well, it is, apparently it is. Samantha Armitage and Nat Barr on Sunrise. Now they did say something that was a little bit not great for the Me Too movement. They they sort of talked about how maybe the Me Too movement's gone too far, and they did an interview which was one sided, and. Upset a lot of feminists, which I mm. totally get. But mm. the the virile and the hatred and the name calling that was thrown their
1: way is oh. that anti Is that not anti-feminist? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know it's what I mean? A, it, isn't it funny when everyone engages in this big war and starts fighting with each other, and they're actually on the same side, but yes. they're just abusing each other? It's just yeah, but that's social media, isn't it?
3: I know, but it's it just made me feel really sad because I felt like we're being anti-feminist by partaking in this, you know, gossipy, catfighty, we're, we're never going to achieve equality if we're too busy ripping each other down and, and partaking oh, course, in that sport. Of
1: course, of course. But the, you know what? There are such beautiful things happening on social media as well. So what you need to do is when you see that happening unclick unfollow yes. whatever whoever sh- who shared that what who was it was it kid spot was it oh no so many the the the, the unfollow them all unfollow yeah. them all lands and just join some beautiful groups where women mm. are looking after each other follow my page I follow you know and your own page just create a world that's better be better don't, so you've got to stop. It's fuck yes. stops with you, Anne. I know, I've been a bad is, feminist. This has to be I'm an alarm moment for you. Yes. This has to be one of your light bulb moments because I don't click on it. I just float through the world thinking women rock. <laughs> and, and then people go, oh, the Me Too movement's got a nudge. Do you know what? The Me Too movement's never going to get a friggin' nudge because mm. the Me Too movement is. It belongs here, and it's rightfully here because it's. This is its time and place. So any, anyone can say whatever they want to say about it. It's never going to change. It's here for. It's here for good. So don't worry. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what they say about the friggin' princesses fighting. <laughs> Ignore, ignore, ignore! And you are responsible for your own news feed. Yes. People need to understand that you're a feminist. You you make your news feed feminist. You make sure that if my daughter picks up your phone and she scrolls through your Facebook feed, she's not going to see bitchy catfight, kid spot, crap. She's going to see. <laughs> <laughs> this is our last episode, and I am letting all you know that.
0: <laughs>
1: she's going to see beauty, yeah. support, love, strength. All the, all the things. Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. Oh, that was really You've cathartic. You've been forgiven. Thanks, babe. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Queen Confession. Sesh. No, it's confessions <laughs> with Constance Hall and Annalise.
0: <laughs> this is the Queen sesh.
1: And, and so we're just coming out of the back end of the White Ribbon Campaign, which was set up by a bunch of blokes, I think, in England, um, to... Th- to stand up against domestic against violence against women. It was not just domestic violence. I've researched a little bit about it because I was approached by a friend of mine who was a victim and she asked me if I was going to do a post about it. So I was like, of course I want to do a post about it. Like, this is something that's so close to my heart, but mm. I just... I'm so friggin' sick to death of it, you know. I'm so tired of it and the attitude surrounding it and everything like that that I didn't even have a fresh angle to and I'm a writer. I pride myself on how I can write things, but I couldn't even figure anything out to write, so I just sort of wrote that. And, but one of the things that I wrote in my post was that something about um, violence against women that really bothers me is the victim blaming. And Yeah, right. I think so are, what,
3: what are I, some examples of victim blaming?
1: Uh, why didn't she leave? Yeah, we, you know, th- those just questioning her. Why? Is she, why is she always being questioned for the fact that she was beaten, or you know? And I do think that we're coming out of an era now of that. I really think um, victim blaming is becoming. We, we, we're when really we we're noticing it, so we're we're appreciating it, and mm. it's becoming mainstream to um to stop doing it. But one thing that hasn't become mainstream yet is people's acceptance of perpetrators. Now. I know a lot of women who have been victims of domestic violence and I, for one, can put my hand on my heart and say, I've stopped a man at my front door and said, you're not coming in. Because I know what you did last night. Yeah, right. And I, and then I copped a lot of s for that. And I've also kicked an electrician out of my house because I've heard that he was violent towards his wife. Now, if more of us would say no, if more, if we could all say no, I see couples, friends of mine that break up. The woman says, it took me five years to get away. I have been strangled. I have been emotionally and financially controlled. I have been abused. I have been, if, if more people could say, well, I'm not talking to you anymore. You don't get to come to this barbecue. You don't get to be, you know, mm. instead instead, what happens is because a lot of these men who are abusers end up being master manipulators, they then appeal to the softer side of other women and of the community and you get a lot of empathy and a lot of sympathy for the poor man who's lost his wife because he bashed her. Mm. Well,
3: can I just be mm. devil's advocate here? Do you think that... Women are scared. So, if you just say you were saying to a friend, I don't want your husband in my house anymore, I've just found out what he's done, do you think that would then scare them that they would be in danger because they've told someone, they've reached out? How do we get that balance right where we're standing up for what we believe in and not accepting it without putting another person in danger potentially?
1: I don't think you would be in danger. I think um, um, the majority of the men who are beating their wives beat their wives because they're picked on their wives, they've belittled their wives or their partners or their girlfriends for that long that they've gotten these people into a place where they believe that they have no options. But I don't think that they're going to turn around and then bash their friend because their friend said something. No, no, but even the
3: wife, though, so they get home. So if they're still with them...
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. when they're still together, that's mm. a completely different story, and you do need to. I think the most important thing you need to do in that situation is offer support, offer somewhere to stay, come and stay with me. You know, a lot of women feel as if if you're a victim of domestic violence, you feel as if you're a burden. You're just going to burden somebody with yeah, your and you're you know worried you've
3: got nowhere to go.
1: <clears throat> and a lot of people do make you feel like that. They'll be like, "Oh, you can't bring your problems into my life because I've got my kids and you know my shit going on too." So the most important thing you can do if they're still in the relationship is just continuously say. Stay at my house. We'll have fun. We'll reinvent your life. We'll get you a cool apartment. You know, like just offer yourself to mm-hmm. someone and be of service to them because that's that's what being in this world is all about, isn't it, really? I know you'd do that for me and I'd do that for you. Absolutely. But I'd like to see even open the door, – Open door policy. Open door policy. Like yeah. even if you've got four or five kids, you know, because it's the women who have so many kids that they can't get out. Yeah. So just say to someone, I don't care if you've got six kids. You could all sleep on Andrew's yeah. floor for all sleep I care. Yeah, Sleepovers. Sleepovers, slumber. Glamping we can make it work. Indoors. We can we can save lives by doing that by making sure that every woman knows they have somewhere to go. Yeah.
3: And uh, look, if you are in immediate danger, please call triple zero, or if you are experiencing violence or under threat, uh, you can head to 1800 respect or call one eight hundred seven three seven seven three two. You're listening to the Queen Sesh. This is the
0: Queen Sesh.
3: Con. There is a new buzzword, a new little saying in the modern dating scene, and it's the soft boy.
1: Right. So that when you said that to me earlier, that we to, that you were going to explain to me what this is, and I have no idea what it is, because <laughs> yes. I've, I've just recently pulled myself out of the dating scene. <laughs> I've never been in the dating scene for anyone that doesn't know me. Um I go from boyfriend to boyfriend. <laughs> anyway, I just didn't really like that saying because f- from what I'm gathering, it's a negative it's got a negative attachment. And I aren't we trying to create soft boys isn't it a positive thing?
3: Yeah, I had the same thought when I heard the name, but look, I didn't come up with the buzz term. But to explain to us what is a soft boy and how do we avoid him? We have our resident and special favorite sexologist Dr Nikki Goldstein. Nikki, welcome. Hello, Queen.
0: Hi. Hello, Nikki. I love it that I'm, I now have the pressure to explain what this new concept is, which I'm actually kind of confused about.
3: Right, okay. Well,
0: well, then why did we get you on? I <laughs> yeah, thought we Nikki. were getting yeah. an expert here. <laughs> I think the whole idea of these trend words and coming up with the soft boy and the off boy
1: boy. We're really we're loving like putting men in boxes at the moment, aren't
0: we? Yeah. <laughs> it's all buzzword and hashtag. It's actually very so negative. And I, when I read the article where they're explaining what this soft boy is, I am a little bit baffled because I think are we really limiting men to just this label and the stereotype? Because we've all dated that guy that has been really nice to us, done something beautiful. We think that we're in there. We think it's the we and then he disappears, or now we call it ghosting. So I felt like the soft boy is a version of the guy that has duped us, but it doesn't mean that if you're dating somebody that has these stereotypes of what they're talking about, that he's necessarily going to run in the opposite direction. So when we overuse these labels, are we actually doing ourselves more harm by boxing them in? So what is a soft boy? Well, according to this article, he's the modern day F-boy, where he's not necessarily, you know, having sex with you and leaving, but he's being nice to you. And then there was an example she said where this guy she'd been dating and he gave her his favourite book as though to say, I'm going on a holiday to see my family for Christmas, but we're going to see each other again. Never yeah, okay. to hear from mm. the guy ever again. I've been with a and couple I, of guys like yeah. Uh, so they, they yeah. promise
3: you the world. They pretend they're feminists. They pretend that they're yeah, in for the yeah. long haul. <clears throat> and then what we used to call MIA, missing in action, is now yeah, ghosting. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. exactly. So and so what?
0: But maybe they are just really nice
1: guys that aren't that attracted to you. Ah, well, well, that's maybe, a good maybe angle. Maybe they just don't have the guts to end it
0: because I think for so many guys these days it is nearly on trend or, you know, we are talking about female issues a lot more. There are a lot of guys who are supporting us in that just because they may be appearing to be a feminist and soft and using terms like we and giving us books that are their favorite possession doesn't mean that they're still not spineless when it comes to actually ending something or having having an awkward conversation to say, hey, I'm really not into you. I'd like to date other people. Do we then have to go so far as calling them a soft boy or are they just A
1: Uh, modern-day jerk. I actually prefer to be MIA'd than to have some guy tell me all the reasons why he wants to dump me.
3: Yeah, see, I remember I got dumped by SMS once, and I really didn't like that. Oh,
1: I I appreciated an SMS dumping. Mm. So what you're saying is, Nikki, this
3: could be just like the old sex in the city saying he's just not that into you.
0: It could be he's just not that into Mm. you, but I think we really need to reassess with all of these labels. If we are doing ourselves more damage, because but, but no, Nikki, we have we to. We have to make. We have to put
1: men in boxes and we have to stereotype them in order to feel better about ourselves. <laughs>
0: yeah, <Okay? laughs> that, might be, that might be what it feels like at first. We think we're feeling better about ourselves by putting them in these labels, but I see so many women that are going through these behaviours where. They're dismissing guys so quickly, they're not giving them a chance. And I do wonder if these types of labels are encouraging that because they see something in this person and they see something in their behaviours and they think, oh, I've read about this or this is this kind of guy and they're cutting him off too quickly because we're in that fast-paced dating world. So why waste your time on some guy that's going to end up to be a soft c Why not go out and find the guy, oh, mm-hmm. hang on, it's
1: not a soft <laughs> it, it's a soft boy. Sorry. But that's <laughs> hey, you said it on me, Nikki, all
3: right? <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> all right, so soft boys, do we think it's a thing? Have you ever been fooled by one? Thirteen, 10, 60, we'll be taking your calls next. It's the Queen Sesh.
0: This is the Queen Sesh.
3: We are nearly out of time for the last time. It is time for this.
0: Helping the queens of Australia out with some life advice. This is Queen Vice.
1: And Annalise and I are lucky enough to have one of our favourite guests with us, somebody who always creates a lot of motion when we have her on the show, the very intelligent psychotherapist Katie Eden Todd. Hello, queens. Hello, gorgeous. Hi, lovely. So nice to have you back, Katie. Thank you. I love being here. What we wanted to get you on the show for was we wanted just a bit of inspiration and a bit of A bit of uplifting and to give the queens a little bit of a backstory. really recently my company, my business was having a little bit of a slump and I was a little bit unsure of where we were going and then I had breakfast with Katie who is my personal guru and (laughs) I was telling her all about it and she was explaining to me that we're in the time of the the feminine. We need everything that you do needs to be done with heart and soul and anything that you do that isn't done with heart and soul isn't going to succeed and can I tell you guys... Everything in my life turned around after that breakfast. It was just, uh, it did, Katie. I went, that's it, I'm taking control of everything and everything I do is going to be run with heart and it's going to be run with intention and it's going to be run with wanting to change the world around me. And, yeah, I've had a really amazing couple of months after that. So I'm so honoured to have you on the show to share some of your advice to our queens on how they too can turn things around if, if they're not quite
2: working for them. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Thanks, Con. Well, should we just do a little bit of context for this? We've had 2,000 years of the masculine being in charge. And the masculine is not just men, but often it is, of course, but it's when we've all got a feminine and a masculine aspect within us and you've got one that's stronger than the other. But for 2,000 years, the feminine aspect in women and men has been crushed. It's been oppressed. It's been vilified. It's been totally destroyed but now we're having this resurgence and we saw it last week with the kids when they came out on mass mm. and we were protesting climate change. The yep. difference with the feminine is the masculine's very, very about building money, status, attention, power and maintaining control. It's like a line. Think of it as a line going up and you try and get up the greasy pole and, and that's what it's all about. So money and the economics have been the total focus for our world. That's what you were supposed to fit into and conform to for thousands of years very strongly in our time. But now, since the 1960s, but particularly since Wi-Fi, there's been a massive shift. And there's a lot of kids being born through now. These young ones coming through, they can't conform to that way of living. They they are saying, why aren't we dealing with homelessness? How can we leave the refugees like that? Why aren't we looking after the planet? And you see all these videos on Facebook. And these kids have come in with a very strong feminine consciousness. Now, And that's about nurturing. It's about caring for everyone. It's about saying, we don't win unless everyone wins. It's not a win-loss system. It's about love and compassion and it's about ecology. It's like environment first and relationships first. It's heart and soul. It's not mind and body, which can be a bit ego stuff. And so we've Mm -hmm. got in all spheres of life, people are coming out and saying, things are so bad, we've actually got to step up and do something, which is really, really exciting. And there's a change and there's a big shift in consciousness in Australia at the moment, been really rapid in just the last couple of months, which I'm just thrilled to see. And I just want to say one more thing. The feminine isn't just necessarily sweet and nice and mild. The, okay. the feminine the feminine is also someone who says boundaries and can have rage and says this is not okay. And that's the Me Too movement. People standing up and saying, We will not tolerate this anymore. It has to be equal. It has to be about love. It has to be about compassion first. Okay. And we will so stand up. The feminine up to you. can
1: be can also be very strong and powerful. Yeah, I yeah. love
2: that. That's yep. goddess energy. See, the matriarch is goddess energy. So we're here to birth and a lot of these young kids are very switched on and they want to birth and we're not saying to kids, oh, you can't do that. You're not old enough. They, we say, yes, you can do it. Go out and you're allowed to protest and you're allowed to have their signs were fantastic. Um, they're aware and because of the internet, because we're in this totally different age now, kids can be very, very well informed and you can't have just a few of the old way of thinking telling you this is how the world is. We actually can get all the information we need. We know what's going on. And so a lot of people are feeling like we've got to come together. We've got to have a longer table where we feed everyone. We start having community. We start belonging. We start connecting people with each other. You start dealing with loneliness, anxiety, depression, addiction, which is all soul sickness, where your soul is lost, where you haven't got meaning and purpose. And everyone's got a purpose. Every one of your listeners has got something in them that's just really, really unique and special to them. Yes, Queen. And -hmm. and we feel a little bit of a knock and It's our intuition that comes in and we go, oh, that'd be great. We get excited and then we get terrified and we shut down again. But those little knocks that you get, that's what you're here for.
3: I just had tingles and goosebumps (laughs) all over. What a time to be alive. It's the best time. And that, that is us. That is the Queen Sesh done. The show is finished but the legend continues.
1: <laughs> the, the, myth.
3: <laughs> the myth, the legend will will live on. Uh, thank you so much to the listeners who've been with us the last two years. It, it, we, we do it for you. It, it has all been for you. So thank you so much for and being with us. And you know where us. to
1: find us. We're online. We'll be doing our stuff. We'll be... Releasing more podcasts some yes. really exciting things in 2009 are coming up, so you're just going to have to keep your
3: the ban- eyes open. Yeah, the band is not breaking up. The Constance and Annalise up. will never
1: Oh no! it. I've tried to replace her a few times. Never happening. Doesn't happen.
3: And also a big, beautiful thank you to our team. We have Luke Shepley, who's a recent addition, but we couldn't live without him, and also to our producer, Ellie Angel. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: Ellie, I know that I'm a dyslexic, lazy mole that doesn't read emails. Yes. And I really appreciate and. And, you know, Shepherds, who it's just, you guys are just so patient and amazing and Annalise as well because I still love you a little bit <laughs> even after all this.
3: <laughs> and for the last time, you're listening to The Queen the Sesh. The Queen
1: says, Bye. We love you so much. Spread the love, girls. <laughs>